Thank you very much, Laura. Because of Christ, we have scripture. Because of Christ, we have life, and we can be responsive. Just a couple introductory thoughts as we interact with God's word this morning. There's points in time when it is important and probably wise to stop and just kind of do a checkup, see the big picture. Are we on task? Are we where God wants us to be? Are we obedient? This week, next week, and you know, a couple other weeks in the months to come, do that as a church. We've been through a trial in the last year and a half. Transition in leadership, you know, that is coming. Christianity, no longer in the U.S. as a major worldview. Are we living well and responding well? And a number of weeks ago, discussed, you know, younger people you know, seem to not go along or go out for God as maybe in the past and concerned about that. But just to step back sometimes and say, Lord, are we following your plan, your will? Father, as we reflect on a number of items this morning, we want to be open, sensitive to you. If we're applying what we're discussing, encourage us to continue to be faithful. If we have slipped or some of us have slipped, may we be willing to admit that and take action to be responsive to you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Think about two trees. The first tree over the years has been experiencing a lot of wind, a lot of storms. And as the years go by, the storms and their intensity increases and the tree stands firm. Because with each storm, it builds strength. Think about another tree that over the years has been growing and there's not been a lot of water for it. And its roots just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Both trees would experience what we may have called hardship, trials and suffering, but that's how God designs trees to be strong. You notice recently in some of the storms, some Trees have toppled over. Their roots are not deep. Some trees don't go through storms because of the lack of root deep or uh, deep roots, but also they have not built up strength over the years with storms. The Lord designs us as believers to go through trials of life, the blessings of life for his glory. For this to be a reality, As we discussed, what, a year and a half or two ago, we need Christ alone. And Christ alone results in a healthy body of Christ. That is Christ and his body displayed through local churches. So this morning we want to think some on just being a healthy church, being a healthy family, being a healthy believer. And remember that Christ alone means a sinner comes into a relationship with God, Christ, in the body of Christ. And that involves a local church through repentance of sin 
and faith in Christ. Reconciliation, regeneration, salvation brings us into relationship with God, Christ, and the body of Christ as displayed in the local church. Therefore, walking with God or Christ is demonstrated through relating to the local body of Christ. Obviously, Christ alone involves both the person of Christ and the body of Christ. They're a unit. You can't separate the head Christ from the body of Christ, just as you cannot separate your physical head from your physical body. We love, we yield to Christ by experiencing his body locally. Again, that is coming from some things we discussed probably a year, year and a half ago. We have the body of Christ, the local local fellowship. Our response to the local body is our response to Christ. The way we relate to other believers on a local level is relating to Christ, who is our head. As we think about a healthy church, a healthy church is not struggle-free with few faults. You can have a healthy church that has struggles and has a lot of faults. A healthy church is not composed of mature believers. I'll give the flip side of that a little later. A healthy church is not focused primarily on satisfying people. You know, giving them what they desire. A healthy church is not necessarily looking good and attracting people to try to bring them in. A healthy church involves three items. And here I have a tripod. Let's suppose sitting on top of this tripod is what we call a healthy church, a healthy family, a healthy believer. Three legs. You try to use a tripod with two legs, it doesn't work. Try with one leg, it doesn't work. You need all three. Three items as it relates to we being healthy as a church, families being healthy, individual believers being healthy. And let's take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 12. When we get to Romans chapter 12, we find that Paul, in Romans 1 through 11, would have dealt a lot with Christ. 9, 10, and 11 dealt with God's sovereign choice. And then in 12 through 6, chapters 12 through 16, he gets into the body of Christ. You know, the local church in Rome. But Christ and the body of Christ. In Romans 12, we're leaping into the context to understand, but look at chapter 12 and verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Do not be proud, but associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Did you notice how many items tie in with relationships? Love must be sincere. If you're going to have a sincere love, you're giving to someone, clinging to good, being devoted to one another in brotherly love, honoring one another above yourselves. And then some other one another's that are mentioned. In the body, caring for, reaching out to one another. One of the legs in the tripod is that we need body life. Body life involves what we call the one another's of the epistles. Encourage one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, spur one another on, and we could list other one another's. That can be formal, it can be in a church setting. But much of it takes place informally throughout the week, the way we live. It's a lifestyle of daily living. Practicing the one another's, being dependent upon one another is not something we say, well, I'll come to church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, and that takes care of it. We all need encouragement throughout the week. We need spurring on, we need forgiveness, we need prayer, and so on. Just body life is so essential when we come together, but also as a pattern of life. Glory to First Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. <coughs> Particularly in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter had dealt with Christ and who we are in Christ. Towards the end of chapter 1 and chapters 2, 3, 4, and 5, he fleshes that out in relationships and how to live in a world where there's persecution. But particularly in chapter 4 and verse 7, he's talking about the body relating. First Peter 4 and verse 7, The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has to receive to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Again, the idea of one another's self-controlled definitely influences others. Prayer, love one another deeply, offer hospitality. Important for us to be healthy is the whole issue of body life. For the second leg, let's go to two books earlier in the New Testament, to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 
We're leaping into the context. He deals very strongly with Christ in Hebrews 1 through 10, fleshing that out in relationships. Hebrews 13 and verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Skipping down to verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. He would be speaking of local bodies of believers. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. For that will be no advantage to you. Now back over to 1 Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter 5, he addresses the leaders of the church. He says, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Peter addressing shepherds, what we call pastors, elders, bishops. The writer of Hebrews addressing believers and how they respond. The second leg of a healthy church is shepherding. And by shepherding, we're talking about relationships between leaders and believers. Shepherds leading, feeding, mending, rebuking, correcting, being with. And that's not only coming from the passage in First Peter, but other passages. Shepherds are to lead, to feed, to mend to rebuke, to correct, just to be with people. Sheep, followers, respect, hold in highest regard, imitate their faith, obey, submit to their authority, act on teaching, rebuke, correction. And I say remain, don't run. Shepherds leading. Teaching, mending, sheep, following, being taught, being trained, corrected. That's needed. That's God's design. We have corporate body life, the one another's, but we need shepherd and sheep relationship. And if I were to emphasize any one of those that are listed under the sheep and shepherd would be being with. A shepherd can't care for sheep. They are not with the sheep. And the sheep with the shepherd, and I'm not talking 24-7, but a pattern of life. 
First leg is body life. The second leg of our healthy church would be shepherding. The third one would be corporate worship. As you read through scripture, you will find that something is assumed as you read through the various epistles is that people came together to worship God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Chapter 1 in 1 Corinthians is very strong with Christ and the gospel of Christ. And then he starts to deal with some issues that the Corinthian church had. And one of the issues was that they were divided. Another one, they had some immorality. And apparently they were taking one another to court. When we get to chapter 11, Paul is answering some of their questions. And he says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17, The following directives I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. It's assumed that they were coming together, and in the context, apparently, they had a love feast quite often. That is a what we might call a fellowship meal. And they would have communion in conjunction with their service. He says, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. And then he goes on in the context to talk about the fact that they were abusing the Lord's Supper. But I want to emphasize that they came together. They were together. And they would worship. I'm talking about how often they came together, but they came together. Tied in with that, let's go over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. As I mentioned earlier, Hebrews 1 through 10 is very strong in Christ and being in Christ and what Christ has done. And in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, he says, let us not give or let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In a context of having boldness to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Christ and to draw near to God, he says, Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Ties in with the one another, but then he immediately says, don't give up meeting together. Believers coming together. That's needed. Our third leg in our tripod is corporate worship, where there's prayer. Teaching, preaching, communion, singing, at least those essentials. Maybe other items, but those essentials as the body comes together. And it's interesting, the writer of Hebrews says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Back in the early church, apparently there was struggle. People were saying, well, I don't need to get together with other believers. Nothing new under the sun, is there? But he says, let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Coming together as believers encourages one another. 
as there is worship. We need the one another's. We need shepherding, but we also need corporate worship. That's the way God designed us. That's the way he designed the body. In way of illustration, how many of you pull up to the water hydrant, get out the hose and fill your gas tank with water? You don't do that because the car is designed to run in gasoline. So you plan and live accordingly. How many of you call your dog and say, I got some poison for you here in the dish? You say, a dog isn't designed that way. You put dog food in. God designed the body of Christ for us to be healthy, to need body life, shepherding, and worship. That's God's design. So some clarification. We develop love, commitment to Christ, our head, by being committed to his body through a local church. And what I just discussed, as it relates to body life, as it relates to shepherding and corporate worship. We follow the head, Christ, by body life, shepherding, and corporate (coughs) worship. Consistent, faithful, they're just a priority. They're important. Building our life around that. Body life. Shepherding corporate worship from a growing desire, not a mere duty. Well, I got to share with someone my trials and my joys. I guess I better do it. God says I have to do it. In contrast to a joy, I have the opportunity to do that. Well, I guess I got to go to church. Do I have the privilege, the joy of gathering with other Believers, we respond to God's grace. I don't know if you found it this way if you're older, but the older I get and the longer I walk with God, the more I realize I need other believers. Just want to get together or talk to them one-on-one. I need to be shepherded, some people to speak into my life. And I need worship. I realize that more and more. The desire increases. So we plan life around them. I think most of you plan your finances around your electric bill, your mortgage, and your car payment. Am I safe in saying that? <laughs> you plan your finances around those items. At least you did. Maybe, maybe you don't have them at this point in time. You plan your time around making sure you get to the job making sure you go to school, making sure you eat. Think about planning life around. I've got to have time for body life. I need time to be shepherded. I need time for corporate worship. 
And in light of that, there's no such a thing in Scripture as a solo walk with God, with Christ. Not such a thing as a solo walk. We need other people. The three items that we have been discussing, body life, shepherding, corporate worship, or how we display being in Christ. That's the practical outworking of being in Christ, which involves a deep commitment. And as God's plan for health, there is no other. Now, why do we need body life? Why do we need the one another's? Why do we need shepherding? Why do we need corporate worship? In light of scripture, let me offer a few thoughts. Our deadness before being in Christ. Still a battle, still a struggle. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 talk about being dead in transgressions and sins. Romans 3 talks about deadness. And we come into a relationship with God, but that doesn't mean our struggle with sin ceases. So we need others in our lives. We need shepherding in our lives. We need corporate worship in our lives. But also because of our present enemies. Satan, our sinful nature, and the world system. This week, Ruthann and I were reminded that we need body life. We need shepherding. We need corporate worship. So I will comment later in some ways for Ruth and I. There was a couple real difficult days and we found that our relating to each other was not where we would desire it to be. And we were talking, I think it was Friday night, and we said to each other, what's going on here? And we realized that the enemy was really working on us. Tempting us to respond incorrectly to one another. And I know there's a couple people prayed. I interacted with a couple people. We knew we had to come to worship this morning. (laughs) And we need all of that. But all of those tied together. We need body life, shepherding, corporate worship, because we battle with Satan, our own sinful nature, and the world system. We need those items also because our total dependency, that is, we're not able, is upon Christ and his body. God designed us to be dependent upon Christ, the head, and then the practical outworking of the body. I don't know how many times in life I have just given a call to someone and said, you know, pray for me. Or I've written a note to someone. You're on track. Continue to be faithful. Body life. But we need shepherding. Someone to lead, to guide, 
We need worship together. We're dependent. We're not independent. We also have a tendency to drift from Christ alone, thus dependency upon, we become dependent upon ourselves. It's a natural tendency. You find Galatians, there was a tendency to drift. Hebrews, there was a tendency to drift. Those in 1 John, there was some struggles and temptations there. Colossians ties in with that. So there's a tendency for us to drift. We're dependent. We need others. Body life, shepherding, corporate worship. I would encourage us to keep in mind that body life, shepherding, and corporate worship can be done on a church level. But I think a marriage level is important also. Family level and then individual. Satan will do everything under the sun to allure us to doubt the value of body life, shepherding, and corporate worship. It's a primary area that he works. You stop and think about life, our walk with God in daily living, how often we want to back off. We're tempted to back off from body life, shepherding, and corporate worship. How many times have we been around that temptation? See these three items as foundational family time. Family time in sharing, practicing the one another's is critical. Family time and dad, husband, shepherding, wife and children is critical. Family time just with others in worship is critical. We say, let's do something together as a family. Many things you can do and many are good. But practicing body life, either within your family or with other people. Experiencing shepherding and worshiping together are critical. Family marriage, I think, is God's ultimate small group for body life. Shepherding. Corporate worship to be modeled and practiced as a husband and father leads. And then couples, families, inviting individuals from broken homes, fatherless, children, to experience these items with them. We live in a messed up world. Families are broken. People are going through all kinds of trials. But couples and families welcoming these other people into their homes or invite them to worship, to experience body life, shepherding and corporate worship together. Body life, shepherding, and corporate worship are foundation to a healthy marriage and family. We won't get into it this morning, sometime in the future. We hear a lot of emphasis on the importance of the family. The family is dependent upon being connected to the body of Christ. 
As you study the epistles, the body of Christ is mentioned first over and over. And then he goes into marriage and he goes into children. What am I as a husband and a father if I don't have someone to speak to me to one another's? I don't have someone to shepherd me or I don't worship with others. Those items are critical. So establish patterns, cycles in your life. The impact of neglect of body life, shepherding, and corporate worship may not be experienced immediately. It may be years later. I've talked to people in their 50s and 60s and 70s. Going through some real deep trials in life, maybe a variety of trials, and they'll say, I don't know what happened. Why am I where I am? And many times, they're reaping the sowing I'm neglecting. Body life, shepherding, and corporate worship. We must be open to being known with our struggles, our weaknesses, our fears, our sins, our victories, our gifts, so that we can experience unconditional love and acceptance. Talk about body life. Talk about shepherding. Talk about corporate worship. At the very center of that is a willingness to be known. And to let someone love us. We many times live in fear. I don't want to be known. Because if they know me, I might get rejected. They might get on my case. The result is we're forever hiding. We can't be open. But as we move towards openness and a willingness to be known, that brings with it freedom. And in that freedom is greater maturity. The result is a growing desire for body life, for teaching, mending, corporate worship, correction, submission, and so on. God designed the body to function as a unit, and there's openness and honesty within the physical body, and he desires that for the body of Christ. When we choose to display Christ by trusting his body, by being open with others. Hiding, and I need to say this to myself over and over again, shows us we don't deeply trust Christ or rest in Christ as we should. What is a healthy church? A healthy church is not struggle few, free with few thoughts. A healthy church is one that responds biblically, wisely to struggles. 
You can have a healthy church that is having difficulty and conflict. They're healthy because they're responding to it and handling it correctly. A healthy church doesn't mean without problems. Within a healthy marriage, you can have some conflict, but handling it biblically. A healthy church doesn't mean composed of mature believers. Rather, I think better stated, responsive believers, thus maturing. And they may be at various levels of maturity. A healthy church is not centered in giving what people desire, but rather biblical worship and obedience. A healthy church is not necessarily concerned about looking good and attracting people, but watching and praying, and then just 24-7 living for God's glory on the job, in school, and so on. So I ask, and I'm asking corporately on a church level, how healthy are we? Not looking for an answer, just think about it. Three legs, body life, shepherding, corporate worship, seeking to build those into our lives, continuing to build them into our lives and being sensitive that we may be tempted. Let's pray. And then after we pray, there's something I want to share briefly. Father, we recognize as we read scripture and we look at church history, there's always been a temptation to neglect because of the enemies we have, body life, shepherding, corporate worship. And if we're honest, we've all been through those temptations at times. May we be open and honest when we struggle, hearing others. And when we're doing well, may we be encouraged in you. As a body, may we be striving to practice body life, shepherding and corporate worship for your glory. Encourage us, Father, as we seek to humbly depend upon you. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.